Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. All right. Well, I am super excited about the fast that's coming up, and uh, it's going to be a great week. We're going to spend it together in the presence of God. It's a time of prayer and fasting, and, uh, you know, fasting is important. It's all throughout the Scripture. I I personally prefer feast days, and I'm thankful that there are more feast days in the Bible than there are fast days, and when it's time to feast, we feast. Can I get an amen out there? And when it's time to fast, we fast. And how many of y'all had a lot of feast days between Thanksgiving and New Year's? How many of y'all would be honest with me? And you need to fast. Can I, okay, you need, I need to fast. It's time to fast. It's going to be awesome. And I'm fired up about it. And it's our custom at his church as we take the first part of almost every year and we give God our first. God is a God that desires and wants to be first in our life. The scripture says that Jesus wants to be our first love, not anything else. He wants the first first place in our life, our first first love. And then in our finances, he wants our first fruits. Man, the Jews would go out whenever they were having a harvest, and the first fruit that would come up out of the ground, it was a special offering, and it was, wasn't just the tithe, it was another offering the Jews would bring. They'd see the first little fruit, and there was no guarantee of a harvest. They didn't know if a rain would come in. They didn't know if hail would destroy the crops. They didn't know if they'd have plagues or trouble, but they would tie ribbons around the first fruit, and they would dedicate it to the Lord, and it was a faith offering. Doesn't matter what happens, this is God. See, God doesn't want to be last place in our life. God wants to be first place in our life. Is there anybody out there that God's done enough for you in the last few years that he deserves not the last place, but he deserves the first place? Come on. Somebody ought to give God a hand clap. In Amarillo, if he deserves the first place, you ought to give him a hand clap. In Owensboro, if he deserves the first place, we ought to to give him a hand clap. In Henderson, I'm telling you, if you believe he deserves the first place. In Dumas, if you believe he deserves it, we ought to give him a hand clap. So what we do is we take some of the first of our life and we give it unto God. We do it with our giving, we do it with our our praying, and we do it with our fasting first of every year. Now believe this, whenever you dedicate the first unto God, God pours out his blessing on the rest of the year. Now I'm telling you, our little in his hands become a lot, and he's going to take what we sacrifice in January, and he's going to pour out his blessing upon it. Here's what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says that a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. A threefold cord cannot be easily broken. And that's talking about relationships in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I think there are some principles where whenever you wrap three things together, they become stronger in your life. I believe that Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 gave the church a threefold cord that we're to operate in. And if we'll operate in this threefold cord, we will not be broken. I believe that you're going to be unbreakable in your 2020. You cannot easily be broken if you'll get these three three things operating in your life. If you have your Bible on you, I want you to open it up to Matthew chapter 6. We'll go to Matthew chapter 6, and I want to read verses 3 and 4, and these are the win news. I'll tee it up. These are the win news. It's what we call them. Come on, everybody say the win news. All right, let's say it again. Say the win news. All right, they're not the if use. 
Jesus talked to his Christians and he said, there's some things I believe that you're going to do. Without a shadow of a doubt, these are things that will be in a Christian's life and these are when you's. And he says this in Matthew chapter 6 verse 3. He says, but when you do a charitable deed, come on everybody say when you. When you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Got good news about our God. Our God is a God that sees what nobody else sees. He sees you doing things, the, the right things. I think God's looking not just for the wrong things we do. Come on. I think God's focused on the right things that we do. And whenever he sees those right things, he sees in secret, he rewards us openly. And he says this, whenever you do a charitable deed, it's really talking about an alms in the context, a gift to the poor. When you do it, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And he's really talking about an attitude that kind of the religious leaders had in their day. They had a setup in the temple and in the synagogue where there was a massive coffer at the front where people could see what you're doing. And it was made out of bronze. And you would walk up and if you took coins out of your pocket and you dropped it in the coffer, it would make a loud noise and everybody would know that you'd given big. And Jesus rebukes that spirit to not do things to be seen by men. Come on, we don't do things to be seen by men. We do things to bless our God and to be a blessing to humanity because he's worthy of our blessing. So Jesus says, don't do it like this. He says, do it like this. But he insinuates when you give, that every Christian would be a part of, of being generous and be a giver. We got coming up in just a couple of weeks to let you know our first fruits, his honor offering that we do every year. It's a part of our church culture. We take and we believe God to give something over and above our tithe. It's a special offering unto God. It goes to the ministry. In the years past, it's paid for roofing. This last year, it paid for a ton of, a ton of uh, AC units we put up on the building. It's paid to launch a new campus in Henderson, Kentucky. Come on, let's give Henderson a big hand clap. They're, they're watching online right now. We love you. It's 150. 50 people strong. Come on, we're, we're, we're reaching a new community. It, it went to reach out against the sex slave industry, what you did last year, and helps us function too in other ways. I'm so thankful for it. And what we do is we, we pledge. We come together and we have a day where we bring a pledge before God of what we're going to do over and above in the first few months of the year. And then we bring an offering that day of first fruits of that pledge. Now I've watched people give in such a way it shocked me in the past. Now, let me say this, that even after Jesus said, when you give, don't let your right hand see what your left does, he's really talking about an attitude in these people. Because in the book of Acts, the church came together and they gave together corporately. They had days where they would come up and they would even, some guys were selling farms, laying it on the altar, Acts chapter 6. How many of you ever heard of Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament? Right? They die because they lie about an offering. And they die in front of everybody. How many know it'll mess up a church service when people are dying at the altar, right? It's like, we're going to have some trouble in here now. See, here's the deal. It's, we do some things that we're called to do privately. And there are some things we as a church were called to do corporately. And people don't ever learn to do privately unless they see us doing what we're called to do corporately. So he said, when you give, give like this. He goes on past that and then he says, when you pray, pray like this. He addresses the same spirit. After that, he says, when you fast, 
fast like this. The only way people will learn to do privately is they must see what we're called to do publicly. How many know kids learn that way by watching what we do? How many all want our kids and our grandkids to grow up being strong and knowing what to do as believers to have a threefold cord in their life? Come on, if you want that for your children and grandchildren, let's give God a big hand clap. He's going to do it in our life. And so we'll, we'll pledge and we'll receive that offering during our, our His Church conference, the regional conferences that are coming up. If you're watching in Amarillo right now, the, your conference starts this coming Sunday morning. Uh, Prophet Gustavo Paez will be there. He'll be there Sunday morning, Sunday night. He'll be there Monday night and Tuesday night. And it's going to be powerful. We're going to bring our pledge. I'm telling you what, the, the signs and wonders are going to flow. God's going to touch people's lives. There's going to be miracles. The next week after that, we're going to have our his uh, church conference right here, regional conference for Owensboro and Henderson, right here at the Owensboro location. And Pastor Shane Warren took a church from 300 to over 3,000 down in the city of West Monroe where the Duck Commander people live and uh, built one of the, the finest ministries. He's one of the strongest preachers. I believe he's one of the best preachers in America. And I've watched him move in supernatural power. Come on, how many of y'all want to believe God to do something big in our His conference? Pastor Shane will be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, and Tuesday night. And we're going to offer here in Kentucky during that conference. It's going to be awesome. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, don't miss it. Don't miss it. It's going to be so big. And uh, let me say this. I'll give you a testimony. When somebody gave in this offering last year, the Amarillo campus, heard this testimony just a little bit ago. Guy came up to me. He'd been a manager of a business there and gave uh, really sacrificially last year during this offering. And gave just to be a blessing to the church. Come on. We don't give to get. We give because we love Jesus. But you can't outgive Jesus and he pours out in your life. And so this guy was managing a business. He got a call after that offering. Just out of the blue was believing God for increase. And somebody called him and said, hey, I want to double your salary. And I don't want you to just be an employee anymore. I'm back in a new business coming to your town. I want you to take a percentage of the company and you're not just an employee, you're an owner, and he got his salary doubled on that day right after that offering. Somebody ought to give God a hand clap for blessing our brothers. I'll tell you, testimonies like that happen when people give. So he says, when you give, I want you to go down further in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6. Look at verses 7 and 8. After he tells us about giving, then he tells us about praying. He says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. He didn't say if you prayed. He said when you pray. Come on. Everybody say when you pray. He said when you pray. And he goes on and he says, hey, when you pray, don't think that just because you're repetitive, you show up at a certain time in a certain place that God's going to hear your prayer. It's like, it's not just to be seen or heard. Don't pray like the heathen. And then Jesus gave us a model prayer to pattern our prayer life after. And now the, the Lord's prayer or the model prayer, it's not just a prayer to be ripped through, at, through and, and prayed very quickly. It's a pattern to help you connect with God. I'm so thankful that Jesus gave us the Lord's prayer. I've been praying it and used it daily, I don't know, pretty much for 20 years, connecting with God through prayer. And I believe this, I believe that we're a church that we're called to pray privately. Jesus said, he said this, he said, when you pray, don't just pray to be seen by men. 
He said, you go into your closet, you shut the door, and you pray in secret, and your father who sees in secret, he'll reward you openly. But then he still called the church to pray together. He said, if two of you agree on anything together, pray and ask in my name, it'll be done for you. In the book of Acts, they had some of the most powerful moves together when they came together corporately and they prayed. They would pray at times, the Bible says the whole house would shake with the power of God and they would all be filled with the Spirit. I believe this, I believe we need strong private prayer lives and I believe we need strong corporate prayer lives. And I believe this, that a praying church is a powerful church. Let me say it again. A praying church is a powerful church. Let me say it one more time. A praying church is a powerful church. Why are so many churches so powerless? They're so powerless because they're so prayerless. Because you cannot remain powerless if you'll be a prayerful person. Come on, let's give God a hand clap that we can connect to him in prayer. The throne room is open. He says, come. He's got an appointment for you. And so what we're going to do this week is we're going to pray and we're going to fast. And as we fast, you're going to wake up early because you get up hungry whenever you're fasting. And right in here in this sanctuary tomorrow morning and every day this week at 6.30, we're going to be in here praying. Then at noon, we're going to have prayer on Facebook. So I want to see as many of you as you can in here in the morning. Come on, come in and pray. I'm telling you what, God's going to bless you. God's going to move in our life. We're going to be a powerful church because we're going to be a praying church. The third when you and the third part of this cord that I see is later on in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus talks about when you fast. Come on, turn to your neighbor, just tell them when you fast, right? Huh? See, a lot of people can be raised in church their whole life, and they've never been challenged or called to go on a fast. Or maybe their fast is like, hey, instead of eating beef, you're going to eat fish on Friday night. Now, I know that's sacrifice, and I'm for that, but turn to your other neighbor and tell them that's not a fast. Tell them it's not a fast, right? He says this. He says, when you fast, here's, here's how you fast. He says, you're not going to fast like the hypocrites to be seen as somebody that's fasting. What you're going to do, because back in the day, guys, would, they would mess up their clothes. They wouldn't fix their hair. You know, they would try to look like they're in pain. You ever see the person that wants a lot of sympathy for others or people to see how religious they are or something like that? These guys are pulling that out. Jesus said, whenever you fast, don't do it like they do it. He said, whenever you fast, you anoint your head with oil. You wash up. Come on, you press your clothes. You get looking good. I think y'all look better on a fast than on any other day of the week because of that. I think you need swagger when you're on a fast. I really believe that. And uh, I heard this. Jesse called me today. This, this really blessed my heart. Uh, somebody out at, at one of the campuses, they didn't know that Jesse and I were married. They thought that Jesse was married to somebody else that somebody knew. And uh, Jesse was telling the kids, I'm so thankful to be married to your dad instead of somebody else. And the girls are like, really, dad? You know, because <laughs> you know, they think I'm old hat. And Justin said, no, of course she's happy to be married to dad. She, he said, because dad's got swagger. And I'm like, hey, I got swagger now. I didn't, know, I didn't even know what swagger was. So I think when you're on, on a fast... You ought, to have, you ought to have swagger. And I'm telling you, Justice is my favorite kid this week. That's what I'm saying. I, I love you, son. But maybe a little more than your sisters. Not really. I'm kidding. All right. Uh, so, so when you fast, he said you fast like this. Let me tell you what, what a fast is, okay? A fast is this. It's not, I'm not eating rainbow ho-hos for a month. That's abstinence. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that's not a fast, right? Not a fast, Amen. It's not I'm fasting ESPN for a, a week. 
That might be good. Maybe you need to do that, but that's not a fast. It's not, I'm not getting on social media, right? That, that's abstinence and that's good, but it's not a fast. What a fast is, a fast is denying yourself food for the purpose of destroying your flesh and focusing on God for a season. A fast is the abstinence from food, not eating is what a fast is. So Jesus said, when you fast, fast like this, he tells us. He assumed that every Christian would fast. The reason a lot of Christians never fast is because the church never calls them to a fast. To have a, a powerful private fasting life, we have to have a time where we corporately fast. If you read through the book of Acts, all throughout the book of Acts, it says that the leaders of the church and the church would come together and they would pray and they would fast. Then power would be released and new ministries would be birthed. I believe this, this coming week we're going to pray and we're going to fast and I'm telling you, God's going to pour out his spirit on Owensboro, Kentucky in a new way in 2020 through our prayer and through our fasting. God's going to touch our life. He's going to touch our family. He's going to touch our city. He's going to touch our children. He's going to move supernaturally through the power of prayer and fasting. So let me give you a couple different fasts you could go on. I'm not going to tell you how to fast. I'll show you some different fasts from the Bible. Uh, so here's the different fasts from the Bible. Well, let me, let me do this first. Mark chapter 9, verses 28 and 29, just to show you the power, why we fast. The, the, there was a kid in the Bible that was possessed with the devil, had a, had a demon inside of him, and that devil was trying to kill this kid. So the kid would seize up, be thrown on the ground uh, at different times, sometimes in the fire, sometimes in the water, was trying to take that kid's life. I can't tell you how many times early on preaching in Owensboro, right here in our city, when I would be preaching the gospel, and people would be just simple preaching the gospel, people would be thrown on the ground while you're preaching the gospel. And a lot of times medical people will go around and start working and we're thankful for all of our medical people. Come on, let's give all of our medical community in here a hand clap. Keep us alive, help us. We are thankful for you. Like I, I, I'm, 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 for, I'm for getting healthy anyway and I'm thankful for that. But there are times that's not a medical issue, right? There are times that's a spiritual issue. And I've watched devils throw people down like that and we'll go minister to them and come on, Jesus sets them free and they move forward in life, praise God. So they bring this kid to Jesus' disciples. They're like, hey, this kid's got this issue. Rabbi, uh, your followers, can, can y'all do something about it? And so the disciples go and try to cast the devil out of this kid and they're praying for this child and they can't get any relief. And so Jesus walks on the scene and they say, hey, your, your, your followers couldn't get us any relief. And Jesus takes the kid, tells the devil to come out of the kid. The kid's thrown down, looks like the child's dead. Then Jesus walks over, picks the kid up and, and, and everything's good. They're going forward in life. Jesus and his disciples start walking off at that point. And the disciples go to Jesus and they ask him this question. They say, hey, Rabbi, why could we not cast that devil out? And he says, this kind only comes out with prayer and with fasting. Come on, everybody say with prayer and fasting. See, there's some authority you'll never step into till you become a person of prayer and fasting. I believe this, there's some mountains you need moved out of your life that'll never be moved until you give yourself to prayer and to fasting. 
I think there's issues even in our culture, in our cities. Might even be at governmental levels, mindsets that are over entire regions that will not be changed until the church enters into a serious time of prayer and fasting. And then whenever you pray and you fast, I'm going to tell you there's a new authority that comes on your life. There's a new favor and a new power on your life. There's a, a new ability to hear from God and to represent God to people on your life. Fasting produces powerful results. It produces powerful results, and we're going to get them in 2020. Here's the different kind of fast you could do. We're going to proclaim a fast as a church for the next seven days. And so here's some different ways you could fast, all right? The first way that you could fast over the next seven days is the water fast, all right? Tell you what all you can have on a water fast. Here's the list of things that are approved for the water fast. You can have water. You can have ice. You can have distilled water. Filtered water, spring water, you can have water in a cup, water in a glass, water out of a fountain, water out of a stream, water out of the shower, you can have water all those ways. Doesn't that sound awesome for seven days? Come on, somebody. It's going to be a powerful time of water fasting. And if you mix it up, if you water fast long enough, all the water will taste different to you after a while. Like, like Aquafina, you won't be able to drink it anymore, right? Uh, some of it you can, some of it you can't. It's amazing. All right, if you've never done a day of water fasting, I'm not asking everybody to go seven days in water fast. I want you to do what you can do. Also, if you're under medical care, you need to talk to your doctor. This is my disclaimer. I'm not a medical professional. I'm giving you something spiritual to do here. Uh, even I, I, I take some blood pressure medicine. And so at times that would make me sick when I was fasting and I would drink juice or take a little piece of bread and put it in. You know, you got to figure out what works for you. That's up to you. But the, the second type of fast, number one's a water fast. Second time is a liquid fast. It's eating no solid food. And um, we say it like this, if it goes through a straw, it's under the law, all right? If you're fasting, it's a liquid fast. I once... Uh, took a whole prime tenderloin beef and, and, and ran it through a blender. You can get it through a straw if you work on it long enough. I promise you, you can. Now, I'm, I'm kidding, but, but that's, uh, you know, you drink juice. If you just do juice, typically you'll get sick because it's a lot of sugar and not, a, not enough of the other stuff. So you got to make sure if you're doing a liquid fast, you get different types of foods in there where because where, just juice will make you very sick. And so that's a liquid fast. I think they're harder than a water fast. To be honest, so after you fast three days, you get to the fourth day, you don't care if you eat again. Hunger leaves you. And um, if you're not in a real hard, now if you're in some kind of real hard labor job, like it's going to be hard. I got a buddy that shoes horses. It's going to be hard to do a 21-day water fast. You know, I'm, I got a different kind of job than, than guys that are building houses. You got to figure out what will work. Ladies that are working harder labor, figure out what will work for you. But on a water fast after three days, kind of hunger leaves, and you don't care if you eat again. Sometimes I'll go from three days and not get hungry again to like day 20, something like that. And that's when hunger starts coming back. And I'm telling you, you can fast a lot longer than you think you can. A lot of people have never been around it, so they don't know what it is. And I remember my grandpa one time, he came and sat down with me. I hadn't eaten in two weeks. They said, you've been fasting. What does that mean, you know? I'm like, it's been, it's been two weeks since I've eaten. He's like, all you're doing is drinking water? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're going to die, you know? He, he freaks out. I'm like, Grandpa, I weigh 250. I promise you I'm not going to die for not eating for a couple of weeks, right? You can, you can fast. You can make it through. So everybody ought to fast something. If not a water fast, you can do a juice fast. There's a third type of eating that, that we call a Daniel's fast. 
comes out of the book of Daniel. Daniel needs some answers from God. So he sets himself apart for 21 days. And during those 21 days, he eats no meat. He has no pleasant bread. No, any kind of good bread, he didn't eat it. And he drank no fruit of the vine. Had no wine, he had nothing good to drink. He probably just drank water. At the end of those 21 days, something supernatural happened. So I always say this, if you're just going to do a Daniel's fast, even though that word fast is never mentioned there in Daniel, we say it like that and that's all right. If you do it for an extended period of time, I think it's a good fast. I think that if you're just going to do a few days, men vegetarians do that all the time in their life, right? They're like, that's not a fast, that's the way I live. So a fast really needs to be felt by you, I believe that. It's like giving an offering, right? David said this, I won't bring the Lord an offering that costs me nothing. Now, I really believe on a fast, I don't want to bring God something that costs me nothing. So I believe as a church, we should pray and we should fast this week. God's going to pour out his power on your life. Now, think about the miracles and the answers I've seen through the power of prayer and fasting over the last few years. You know, the building that we're sitting in right now, it came to us as a result of prayer and fasting. We couldn't find a place to meet. We couldn't get things done. We couldn't get doors to open. We couldn't get the loans we needed. We'd make a deal and it would fall through. And then we set ourselves to prayer and fasting. And God opened up this facility that now thousands of people have been born again in. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap. He answers whenever we pray. And whenever we fast, man, my, my, my second child, Justice, Jesse and I, we had, we had complications after we had Briley, had a little trouble and had some, some bouts and we were wanting to have more kids and it wasn't happening and uh, even had some loss in that area. And I set myself, we decided as a family, we would set ourselves to prayer and to fasting. We went on an extended fast. And at the end of, that, end of that fast, I had a guy that gave a word from the Lord. And he, he even said the word justice in it. And God spoke to me and said, you're about to have a son and you're to name him justice. And God gave us, gave me my son, I believe as a result of prayer and fasting. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap for, for the miracles God does in prayer and fasting. I know people that have massive health issues they couldn't get breakthrough in. In areas of their life, at the end of, a, uh, end of a fast, they found answers. I'm telling you, God releases power through prayer and through fasting. And so we, we ought to give ourselves to it in this area. This week, tomorrow morning, I want to see you in this room at 6.30. As many of you as can get here, and we're going to pray. It'll be, it'll be like 30 minutes corporately, and then we'll let you go. Because I know you got to get your day, you got to get to work, whatever you got to do. But we're going to be in here, and we're going to pray together as we pray and we fast. I want you to stand up on your feet with me today. And I want to, I want to call us to a fast, man. I believe God wants to do something big in 2020 and he wants to prepare us for it. And so as we pray and as we fast this week, I want us to focus on where God would have us to serve, what God would have us to give in this, in this early offering on what we're going to do to push the church forward. Let him speak to you. It's going to be a massive week. Now I want us to pray for lost loved ones. I really believe that 2020 is going to be a year of revival for his church. Now don't just say that because preachers are supposed to say that. I really believe that God's got the calendar marked in 2020 for revival for the people of his church. And it might as well start in you. Might as well start in you. 
I want to ask you a question now that you're standing. How many of you will fast something with us this week? You're going to fast some shape, form, or fashion this week. All right, we got hands. We're taking pictures of the crowd right now. We got you locked in. We got your commitment. You're in there. So I want to, I want to pray over us that God would give us grace, pour out revelation, and help us this week. Would you lift your hands back up to heaven as I pray? Father, I thank you for hearts that are set apart to honor you under the sound of my voice right now. Hearts that are set apart to honor you. Lord, I thank you that you pour out your spirit upon these people this week. I thank you, Father, that you do what only you could do in Owensboro, Kentucky. I thank you that you bless us supernaturally. Lead us and guide us in this prayer and in this fasting. I thank you for supernatural answers coming to families. I thank you that sicknesses are leaving bodies. I thank you that lost loved ones are coming into the kingdom. I thank you that addictive patterns are being broken. I thank you for deliverance from depression and all sorts of maladies from the enemy. Lord, I thank you that you're going to work in our hearts. You're going to pour out your spirit on this church in 2020. I declare it in the name of Jesus. 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 Andrew Reed, I see the spirit of God speaking to you in a special way in this fast. I see it. I see God catching some foxes that come to spoil the vine for you in this fast. I see the leadership of the Holy Spirit and, and kind of kind of a level up coming in the next few weeks. I see, I see like uh, some additions in your life and I see some subtractions as well. And all of them are going to come to bring the sum total of the glory of God into your life. There's additions coming to your life and there's a track, uh, subtractions coming as well. And all of that's coming for the glory and the goodness of God. Lord, Lord, I think that you, you, do, you do super special things in our midst. Come on, let's pray right now. We pray for our conference coming up in a couple of weeks. We pray the glory of God would hit this building. I pray that people would come and they'd fall on their faces. They'd be saved. They'd say, God is among you, I declare it. Let the supernatural show up and show out in his church. Lord, we believe you for it. Help us advance our strategy. Help us plant campuses. Lord, help us reach people. Help us do what we're called to do. We believe you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Now, come on, somebody give God one more big hand clap like it's already done. Amen.